Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Zero season three, episode thirty-one starts now. It's episode thirty-one, right? I got that right. All right. Yes. Uh, we got a big show today. I know I say that every week, but like, listen, this one has like we're we're a little bit late, partially because we were planning so much stuff to talk about. I'm BD, joined today by Jenna Anderson. Hey, everybody. We were also time slipping a little bit. That's the that's the excuse I'm going to give for why we're a little late today. <laughs> we got Aaron Perrine. No lie, no manipulation, no third countdown. What's going on, everybody? (laughs) And we got Jamie Girac. Hello. Normally I'd say good morning, but I think at this point, good good evening. (laughs) Good evening. We're time slipping. We're we're, we're, we're great reference. We are going to talk about the Loki season two trailer to start the show, but I'll let you know uh, what's coming after that. We got some Spider-Man days stuff to recap. Mostly uh, an interesting quote and some new release dates from that Spider-Man universe. Uh, we got some MCU updates, including a couple small updates about the Avengers movies, Fantastic Four update, uh, and then we're going to talk more about Secret Invasion, which we talked about at length last week's uh, in last week's episode of Phase Zero. The whole second half of the show was dedicated to our thoughts and breakdown on Secret Invasion's finale and the series as a whole. And let me tell you, it's been a hot subject. I have not seen this many people talking about Marvel for better or worse in a minute. So we're going to talk some more about that uh, and some of the stuff coming out of these interviews, which is. It's been interesting. So stick around for that, especially if you've finished the Secret Invasion series. But first, we're going to start with the Loki trailer. Loki Season 2 dropped an awesome new trailer. It broke a record. 80 million views in the first 24 hours, and that is a record for the most viewed trailer for any Disney Plus Marvel show. And they said the MCU is dead. Loki's here to save it. I don't think it's dead. I think it's just going through a little bit of a a, a wobbly time. But Loki unquestionably has people excited. I'm excited. Jamie, you're at the top of the screen. Hit us with your reaction to the Loki trailer. Oh boy. Oh boy. I'm hyped. Uh, it just, I think it looks so good. Um, I'm a little nervous because I don't, I want it to be just as good as season one. And that's like a really high bar. I don't, I don't know if we're going to get quite there, but um, I'm, I'm hyped. I'm hyped for key. Um, it just, it just looks fun I, i'm excited to see them together i'm so interested to see like because uh loki and mobius um i'm excited to to see like if they remember each other from season one or if this is just like a new dynamic between them um the way the the, the first season ended so yeah i'm i'm hyped i'm in it i'm ready uh give me good content into my eyeballs please I'm so ready. Jenna, what'd you think of this? I'll, I'll echo everything Jamie said. Like, I'm just so happy. I didn't realize how badly I had missed seeing Loki and Mobius on my screen until I watched this trailer. I I feel like this teased just enough. It just teased a lot of vibes. Obviously, there are certain things in the trailer that they didn't show a whole lot of, but what they did show, I'm, I'm really excited for. And it's just nice to genuinely be excited about something that's coming up. So we are definitely going to talk a little bit more specifically about the things they did show. But Aaron, what'd you think? I haven't been that excited to see a McDonald's logo since I was eight. Uh, I am very, very, very uh, happy to have the show back. Um, 
it's it feels like it's been longer than it probably has which is like strange but i'm like more more than ready for our boys to get into more time-based shenanigans and kihai kwan just being great leading off with him was very very smart leading off with him being introduced is so so such a good decision so i'm excited more th more synth stabs in our <laughs> futures guys I thought this trailer was was awesome. Uh, I I have that same sentiment of season one was so good in my opinion, the best Disney Plus show from Marvel so far. And I am like, well, can they possibly match it? Can they top it? It's going to be hard. Loki, in my opinion, is the most complete Disney Plus show because it has an actually good finale that lives up to all of the episodes that led to it. Whereas I think every other show, the episodes before the finale have been better than the finale themselves. I know I can get a little bit of pushback from Jenna on She-Hulk, but Loki for me is the one that really landed in the in, in the end and gave us more than what we even expected it to. Uh, and I really hope it does that again. I, I love Kate Heron's direction on season one of Loki. This has Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson, who directed Moon Knight. And I'm happy that they kept a lot of what looks like the visual cues of the first uh, season. Now, I think it's going to be very, it's going to probably be different. I think Kate Heron probably had one way of doing things. We'll see how these two guys come in and change things with uh, season two, but it looks awesome. Visually, it looks, it looks different from the rest of the MCU consistently with how the first Loki did. And I love that. Uh, but I think it's time to break down some of the stuff we caught in this trailer, starting with time slipping, which my first thought was, wow, that looks like the Spider-Verse glitch. And so did anybody else think that or am I alone in that? No, I, I definitely thought it. I was like, this has to be similar, both not not necessarily visually, but just thematically. It looks like Loki is somewhere he's not supposed to be, and therefore he is glitching. And that's kind of like what happens in Spider-Verse. Do you think that's going to be a similar effect, a like story point? That makes sense. It didn't occur to me until you said it. And I was like, oh, yeah, duh. <laughs> and uh, it seems like it would be, it, it, I mean, it looks similar. It sounds similar. It'd be weird if it was something completely different. Yeah, I have to agree. But Time Slip is also an X-Men character or a mutant character, right? Mm -hmm. Do yes. we have any experts on Time Slip? I mean, I have I have her page pulled up right now because I'm not super familiar with her. But yeah, her name is Rena Patel and she is a w young woman from India who can just kind of like slip in and out of different parts in her life. And so through that, she then realizes that she's a member of the New Warriors and that kind of like kickstarts her whole superhero journey. So I'm going to assume she's not in the show, but it is cool that we're like borrowing that kind of name. I also like the body horror of like how weird it looks when he does that. Like the effect is definitely different from Spider-Verse. And I think that that's cool. Aaron, I saw you were about to say something. Oh, I was just laughing about how similarity of like, oh yes, a young mutant that slips through time and can do stuff. Does she have does she have bracelets too? Um <laughs> I, I I just it is really interesting, but I think it's a little bit different than the Spider-Verse stuff because it seems like unfortunately the glitching is pulling our boy back and forward through stuff, like through stuff that's actually happened to him, not like to like the Avenger Earth from 2012 and stuff like here, like he goes to that weird whatever power sports place, which if you've ever spent any time in the Southern or rural United States, you're like, oh yeah, the place where they sell all the ATVs and the jet skis. That's right. <laughs> where all of the insurance claims get filed in your small town. Um, so Speaking of jet skis. Yeah. God. They're, they're at a jet ski store in this, in this trailer. Is, is he going to get to ride it by the end of this? <laughs> If, if he rides it, is it better than season one? All questions <laughs> you're all looking forward to. 
I don't think he's going to ride it. I don't think so. I've still held the belief of like, that would be his hero moment in secret wars of like, he just like rides through a cosmos <laughs> on a jet ski. And so I'm like, if we don't get that and we still get it in season two, then I'll be fine. But I want that big hero moment for him. <laughs> they know they got to put him on one. Yeah. Eventually. That's like it would be insane not to. <laughs> uh, what else we got here? Sylvie. She's definitely been on the run. You can actually find a short on the phase zero YouTube channel where the costumes were on display at San Diego Comic-Con. And that included both that crazy, uh, looks like an underwater kind of Navy, like exploration, like deep sea diver thing. But instead it's going to be some sort of deep space uh, or, or multiverse travel suit that right there that, that they're wearing, that they're stitching together with tape, like uh, Ludacris and Tyrese and Fast and Furious going to space. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, that was on, those were all on display at San Diego Comic-Con and we took videos of Sylvie's costume. Sylvie has clearly been in hiding. Like literally the costume was held together by paper clips. I might've said this last week on the show, but yeah, like Sylvie has been what the Avengers were leading up to Infinity War. Like she's been on the run. She's been hiding and she doesn't have help. She's not getting a new superhero costume. The dude from She-Hulk is not around to replace Sylvie's Loki suit. Uh, yeah. Any, anything, uh, what? I, I just want to say, catch me at the end of October with that haircut. I'm getting the Sylvie. I already know it. I already know that that haircut is coming my way. Uh, I'm not, you know, it's not going to be blonde, but uh, but I'm, I'm saying it now. I'm calling it now. Next time I go to the salon, it's going to be a picture of her. Will it be uh, a Sylvie tattoo eventually? Well, I already have the Loki helmet, mm -hmm. so uh, I think that's probably enough. But I like where your head's at. <laughs> uh, is there anything else from this trailer you guys want? Um, can I mention Zaniac? Because I love that Easter egg. That is such a wild Easter egg. So Zaniac in the comics is like this disciple of Dormammu. He's just like this entity that Dormammu is like, hey, go to Earth and cause mayhem. And he possesses people and becomes Jack the Ripper. Basically, whoever is possessed by him carries out murders and becomes Jack the Ripper. And then in the present day, there's this actor named Brad Wolf who gets possessed by Zaniac while playing Zaniac in a movie. And then also commits murders. So if that becomes the premise of an episode of like them doing a weird murder mystery through Dormammu, I'm going to be very happy because that just sounds absolutely bananas. I could also see the Dormammu tie being replaced with a Kang tie. Oh. I mean, we, we have met Dormammu in the MCU, obviously, but I mean, I could see Kang being a more relevant uh, piece of the pie. No pun intended for what Lo Mobius was just taking out of the microwave there uh, in this story. I, I will say I went back and rewatched your video where you focused on the costumes and you were not lying. That is the biggest safety pin I think I've ever seen. That's <laughs> holding her stuff together it is huge. Um, and she's been through a lot of rough times. Shout out to Layla in the comments joking around that she's the one who broke the shake machine. I will <laughs> think about that for a long time now. Um, <laughs> I don't know if we're like, because wait, okay. And this is like some really like weird, like, tertiary stuff but like so james gunn did that tease for uh wonder man or whatever like mm -hmm. simon right way way back in the day and that's yeah. like we have a long history of weird mcu characters that like our marvel characters that will not probably get their own thing but they pop up as these like interstitial things do you think we're really gonna see zodiac I mean, there's at least some acknowledgement of it when it's literally on the marquee. And it looks like the one guy, I'm totally blanking on his name, but it looks like he is an actor and like he mm -hmm. could be Brad Wolf. Yeah. So. I think um, my theory here is that Rafael Casal, who's playing mm -hmm. that, who appears to be the actor in Zaniac in the trailer, I think a big story point, maybe for 
at least part of the show, definitely an episode is going to be Mobius and Loki hunting down this Zaniac who is either possessing people or is just a human because the MCU loves to kind of water down some of the stories and uh, not fully embrace the kind. I also doing like a Jack the Ripper story in the MCU. I'd be a little surprised, but I do think they're going to end up going to that point in time where that Zaniac movie premiered, which appears to be some amount of time in the past based on the scenery and everybody's apparel. And they're going to be hunting down Brad Wolf. They're going to get to Brad Wolf. And then either Brad Wolf is going to be like, I have no idea what you were talking about because he was possessed or he's going to be the person they were after. And then the Zaniac story is going to be a storyline from there going forward. That would make a lot of sense. It would. Spoilers for Loki season two. I'm just too smart. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, I think that'll be really interesting. I think that, uh, I think that them being detectives is going to be kind of cool. There's also some sort of weird thing that like Eric and then we're talking about over a new rock stars about like, since we're at some sort of world's fair thing and that's where that post credit thing is for quantum mania Will where Walt they're Disney watching. Huh? So, Will Walt Disney be at the world's fair? Well, will, uh. he, will, <laughs> will we see the guy who plays uh, Howard Stark in, in the old timey in the old time world? Just be like, oh, I need to steal this that idea. would be cool. Um, Not flattered. Yeah. Is that his name? Slattery? Or you mean like early Howard? Yeah, like, not the, one Howard. like oh, Dominic yeah. Cooper. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, cool. There's so many timelines. It's so confusing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be cool to see Howard Stark in there. I love a Stark reference. You know me. I mean, <laughs> it, it would be very funny if... It, Imagine if a young Tony Stark is there, like a child, like an infant Tony. <laughs> well, I... It doesn't even have to be, it could be his dad. Like it could yeah. be like a genetic thing where like the Starks always end up causing the problems for the rest of us where something weird happens right. and right. he like steps on, <laughs> he steps on Kang's shoes and then that's how we get into this problem. Listen, Beatty, like dozens of decades of comics basically prove that point. Like as much as, <laughs> as much as we love Tony, that is kind of a universal fact in the comics. So whatever. whatever. Spider-Man has that look. <laughs> Iron Man good. causes and solves a lot of our issues for us. <laughs> As long as he, I'll say he solved more than he creates, but that's just me. <laughs> right, man, he's the goat. Uh, all right. Anything else on the Loki season two trailer? If you guys have a comment that you want to talk about, a question about the Loki season two trailer, now is the time to drop it in. If you are watching us live, if you're listening to us in podcast form, feel free to send these our way with a five star review or on Twitter. I mean, uh, X, whatever that is, or threads, whatever you want to use. Uh, but yeah, let's see uh, if there's anything else we want to talk about here before Miss we take a quick break and get into some big news. Aaron, what's up? Miss Minutes is in the real world as a Pac-Man ghost. <laughs> like, I don't know. I was like, what? <laughs> so what's uh, yeah. happening right now? <laughs> Uh, we do have one comment here. Uh, Layla, Tom Hiddleston, hot. Owen Wilson, hot. So that is, we have one more review to include in yes. the phase zero breakdown of Loki's record-breaking season two trailer. I just love seeing that people is excited, but I'm also, I feel so hesitant after so many exciting trailers for Marvel stuff recently that has ultimately led me to build expectations, which aren't often met. Uh, I'm hyped for Loki season two. I do trust this show, but after Secret Invasion specifically, I remember thinking, wow, this looks like a big, awesome, grounded spy thriller with a complex international storyline. And then ultimately it was just a couple of new characters having an inconsequential fight. So, but yeah, we'll talk about Secret Invasion at the end of the show. We got a lot more to say about that show. Uh, we're going to take a quick one minute break. When we come back, we got some Avengers news, some Spider-Man Day stuff to talk about and even more. See you in a moment.
welcome back to Phase Zero. I promised you guys it's a big episode at the top of the show, and I am not going to let you down here. We have a lot of MCU news to talk about. Uh, yesterday was Spider-Man Day. It's a weird time for Spider-Man Day because we don't know when the next Spider-Man movie is. We just saw all the Spider-Man Universe movies get delayed, and we got one of them, like the most anticipated one, have its release date entirely pulled. All right. All right, let's run through the news, and then I want everybody's thoughts on this. And then we'll get to the Andrew Garfield quote. Venom 3. No, no, no. Actually, I'm going to go in the order of release date now. Because Venom 3 is not the first movie coming from Sony and Marvel. Nor is Craven the Hunter anymore, which was, was originally supposed to drop in two months. A little over two months. The first Marvel movie Sony has on the release schedule right now, Madam Web. It moved up two days. February 12th, 2024. The crowd goes mild. Venom 3, July 12th, 2024. Craven the Hunter, August 3rd, 2024. 30th, August 30th, sorry. Uh, in Sp Beyond the Spider-Verse doesn't have a release date. I wish we had like a soundboard where we could hit a little boo. <laughs> but then again, let's, we'll get to this movie. It'll be the best it can be. The strike is affecting this, the animation, the VFX, it's all gone into this. So Spider-Verse is delayed. Hopefully when we get this movie, it is entirely finished and the people who make it are able to spend holidays with their families. Uh, Madam Web being the first one is so interesting to me. And then Venom, and Th Venom 3 and Craven swapping release order is interesting because we still don't know if any of this stuff is connected. Morbius had those loose Venom references and then for some abysmally inexcusable reason uh, had the vulture in the credit scene. Madam Web, I'm not going to lie. I do think Madam Web could be pretty fun. It's got a really cool cast and a cool concept. I'm hoping this one's good. But Venom 3 and Craven sw swapping makes me wonder, are they actually coming up with a plan or is Craven just in need of work? What do you guys think of all this? I think they're pushing back Craven because of the strike. Yeah. I, I, I like it's way too close to that original release date for it to be anything else. Like it was supposed to come out soon. And I think that they know that it is not a well-known character enough or a, a, an excitement enough for these Sony movies to, to release this without Aaron Taylor Johnson out in the field, plugging it immensely. I think that's it. Uh, as for Madam Webb, um, uh, way to ruin my birthday week. <laughs> Not interested, pass, thank you. You don't care about Madam Webb? No. <laughs> Am I yes. alone? Am I alone in my optimism for this movie? No, oh, no. Aaron and I are optimistic. Yeah, Jamie, Jamie has outlined her reasons for not being hyped for Madam Web. I won't dive into them again. <laughs> Jamie's not trying to get me in trouble. <laughs> I can I just say I am genuinely sad that Craven moved because I was just looking forward to just having a entertaining popcorn movie in October, and now with like all of the uncertainty around every fall release date, I it, it kind of sucks to now have this one be taken off of the board. Delaying it ten months is crazy. To me Crazy. like i i don't know what other work you can do on it like it doesn't seem like it needs to be a massively vfx heavy movie unless they are now going to like hand paint every scale on rhino skin or something to justify this delay but i do agree with jamie i think it's the strike is a huge part of it i'm very curious with venom if this movie is actually going to come out that day or if they're going to delay it again because who knows how much filming they even got done before they had to shut down too so and with spider-verse take as long as you need. I will wait another five years just to make sure that that movie is well made and the people are being treated fairly. So with Craven, it's interesting because I feel like this could be a sign of where the studios are at, assuming that they don't go back 
they don't come to an agreement and end these strikes and let people get back to work, which not only includes filming things like Venom 3, but the actors, the much needed actors going out there to promote these titles and making, you know, Craven a, a household name just by Aaron Taylor Johnson saying it over and over again. Uh, so it going all the way to August makes me think that Sony kind of sees or, or maybe even a little bit expects just the slight possibility of things getting delayed more and more things getting delayed. So they were like, we got to plant our flag because they, they did not see an opportunity through the rest of the year to release this movie. And the rest of the year is very crowded. I mean, we're, we got blue beetle on the horizon dune in theaters, which is already causing a problem with the Marvels, which we're going to talk about in just a minute. Wonka Aquaman. Uh, there's, I mean, there's so many titles that aren't just comic book movies still due out this year that people are really excited for and I don't think you're going to get the Barbenheimer phenomenon where they complement each other and drive up each other's box office very often, especially in the little, in the superhero space, which has become a little crowded and people are showing. You got to actually make good stuff for us to come see it now. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it is crazy that it got pushed back a full 10 months, but I do think it's it's a bit of a writing on the wall situation for people are going to start pushing movies. And Sony was like, well, you know what? We're just planting our flag out here because it's safe enough. So, yeah, that's kind of a bummer, though. I was looking forward to it. Aaron, what do you think of all this? Uh, I mean, the strikes are the strikes. Uh, I, like Jenna asked, I was wondering, I'm like, did they even start filming Venom 3? We got cast announcements. I ain't seen a single sketchy iPhone 10. <laughs> we got like a week of X photos video. of just... Yeah, we got like a little bit of footage of Tom Hardy in the Hawaiian shirt from the end of the second movie. Oh, and that's yes, it. right. So it's so like, right. who knows how much of the movie they've actually filmed. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited about the whole Madam Web thing because it's like a Y2K era thing. And that's like the most interesting part of it, which is like probably not great. Um, <laughs> and I will say our reaction to Morbius the episode we did the breakdown was so fun. So even if it isn't good, we could still have a good time with each other about it. And that makes me sad. That would have been hilarious. If it had been either way, if it had been like, wow, this is one of the best movies of the year, or if it had been terrible, both would have yielded y'all some really fun podcasts. And that is sad for me. Man, and our spider verse three, huh? The, our 2023 <laughs> hype rankings really I, just. I'm like, told I, I've been in Jenna's inbox about this last week. I was week. messaging like, Aaron and I was like, because I joked on last week's show that like Craven would sweep number one spot at the end of the year rankings for all of us. And they got so scared that they moved to next year. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's what happened. Uh, uh, anyway, one more, a couple more things on the Spider-Man front. Andrew Garfield said to one take news when asked if he's going to play Spider-Man again. The story never ends. I won't. I'll, I'll do a Tom Holland impression. I won't do an Andrew Garfield impression. <laughs> Uh, the story never ends, whether we film it or not. There is a story happening in a universe somewhere. There is endless potential with this character and all the different iterations. So yeah, he's definitely out there doing something. That's nice. Perfect yeah, a perfect non-answer. I want Andrew Garfield to play Spider-Man again. I want him to get a great Spider-Man movie, which we all appreciate when it happens. I'm tired of this revisionist history where we all act like the Amazing Spider-Man movies are this great. Uh, Andrew Garfield's always been great. Two is great. I love two. Stand See, by it. First one. So, no, 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 no. Where were y'all? Where were y'all back when these movies were coming out? Hmm? I uh, didn't see two until No Way Home came out. So see, I was, I was, I was there. I was just in the minority. Like I, I complained a lot about two when it came out, but like I thoroughly enjoyed the first one and made that very clear on the internet. So we exist is all I'm going to say. Mm -hmm. uh, so anyway, I, I love this answer though that 
it shows uh, to me Andrew Garfield has always really loved playing Spider-Man. I mean, it goes right back to the footage of him at Comic Con showing up and like asking questions, pretending to be a fan. Like I think I genuinely think Andrew Garfield just really loves this character and loves the opportunity. And I think he deserves a shot at playing this again. And I have no problem with another. We have how many Batmans right now? There's like 17 Batmans on in live action. I can't even keep up. I think we can keep up with Tom Holland playing Spider-Man in the MCU for as long as Sony and Marvel can play nice with each other. And Tom isn't busy doing family stuff, whatever he's or, uh, living his life outside of the MCU and making I, his movies have been bad outside the MCU. Let's be honest about it. Like, I, I don't know why his agent is letting him pick these movies, but Tom's fantastic actor. He deserves some good movies. And I also want him to keep playing Spider-Man. I don't know why I had to bring up the other movies he's made, uh, <laughs> but it just felt relevant at the time. Um, and speaking of Tom, Spider-Man movies, Spider-Man No Way Home concept art drop this week showed Ned as Hobgoblin, or at least kind of in a Hobgoblin-y type of scenario, and also the Green Goblin wearing Iron Man armor. I love Iron Man. This I might have thought it was cool, but also I'm like, okay, this might have been a little too much here. So... Yeah, <laughs> I, I will play the devil's advocate argument. I am usually the person who is like, we don't need Tony Stark references for every supervillain. But also there is precedent of Norman Osborn in the comics dealing with Iron Man stuff that has literally happened. I wouldn't have necessarily wanted that with William, with Willem Dafoe's version. But I'm so I'm glad that this wasn't in here. But like, I can see the train of thought. Also, I love that Hobgoblin photo so much. Like, I want that framed on my wall. It is just so good. <laughs> His face is amazing. I have to shout out Get Fun Code in the uh, comments. Cherry was great. Tom Holland was great in <laughs> Cherry. And I love the Russo brothers. That movie wasn't great. Chaos Walking, one of the worst movies I've ever seen in a theater. Uh, what I mean, The Devil All the Time, What Uncharted, stop me when I get to a good one. Uh, I heard The Crowded Room was also bad, but I didn't watch yeah. it. Yeah, and I was just talking about movies, and that's... <sighs> This but the boy's talented and he's young. He's yeah. got so much time so to beef up that filmography. I still, he's so like the Gene Kelly biopic, I think. And I'm excited for that. Sure. Like, that has the potential to be genuinely good. So, yes, I would like to clarify Tom is not the problem. Tom is a tremendous actor. These movies, like, they're just, there's nothing Tom he's, can do to make them great. He's playing Fred Astaire. Oh, that's what it is. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, all right. I want to see him dance. I'm yes. excited about that. Oh, yes. boy. Man, the comment, they brought it up. I'm not touching, uh -huh. I'm not touching that Ooh. one. Hey, Tom is a great actor, and he's one. He's super talented, and I like him as a human being. Uh, all right, we're going to keep on moving here, and we mentioned this, this Dune Marvel's conflict. Jenna, what's going on? Yeah, so uh, the IMAX did like their quarterly earnings call last week, and the CEO, Richard Gelfond, said, because um, they were asked about whether or not the Marvels will play in IMAX, considering how close it is to Dune Part 2. And his quote was, we can't play it, meaning the Marvels, because we are committed to Dune. So they Dune is expected to have a pre-existing five to six week engagement in IMAX, um, and that was already in place before the Marvels moved from last week to the new date that it has. So the Marvels will not play in IMAX, which I think it is probably the first MCU movie definitely in a long while to not have that, which is a really interesting thing. One of these is moving. Yeah, yeah I think so too. Yeah, Disney takes the L on all those IMAX tickets. There's no way. Here's the thing though: December's already crowded. Wonka, I'll tell you right now, is not moving. Aquaman could move. Mm -hmm. I can see Aquaman pushing back a bit, but if I'm Warner Brothers, I'm like, you know what? I want some distance between the last of this DCEU project slate before James Gunn's 
DC Universe takes over. So I don't know what they do, but I don't think I there is too much money to be made in the extra money in IMAX tickets and just people's experience seeing it at IMAX for the Marvels to stay where it is and not get this IMAX release. I, I just want to say, I'm, we need to do something about this IMAX situation. <laughs> like, because, no, seriously, uh, uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning only got what one week in IMAX, right? Yep. But for some reason, here in LA, we only have one real IMAX, mm. and, and it's at CityWalk. They have a, we have a lot of fake ones. We have one real one. The week before <laughs> Oppenheimer came out, the one week Dead Reckoning was in our real IMAX, it was playing once a day at weird times <laughs> that I couldn't go to. And I'm like, it, and like Tom Cruise, like... I, he should be mad about that. That's crazy. I'm I'm happy for Oppenheimer. That's awesome how much money that's making an IMAX. That is unprecedented. But we need to fix something. We need to build more IMAX. <laughs> Some, this is insane. And it's not right. And I don't think it's fair that Dune should get the Marvel's time. They should both get a time. They should both get a time. And I, I'm upset about it. Infrastructure oh, week or phase zero. Seriously. <laughs> I totally agree, though. I mean, it's just a lot of these movies get one week in IMAX. I don't understand how how Dune locked in over a month in IMAX. My thinking is because of the weird COVID release and everything that that was something that was renegotiated once they did part two of like because it didn't get the full fledged theatrical release with part one. They might have negotiated that. And also like having seen the Dune trailers in IMAX multiple times now, like I I want to see that movie in IMAX multiple times. So like, I, I definitely can see the argument for showing that over the Marvels, especially given like the technology used to film each movie. But at the same time, they, they should, they should work out something either way. One is definitely probably going to move. That's well, here's also any movie could get a five week IMAX release. There's too many big movies and almost every movie gets an, is like, supposed to like uh, every blockbuster film is supposed to go to IMAX. The idea of an IMAX exec sitting there being like, all right, we could do five to six weeks with your movie thinking that in those five to six weeks, Dune will be making that's betting on Dune to sell tickets more than a new movie. And granted, yes, this was negotiated long before the Marvels was set for the November 11th. So that makes sense at the time. I don't know what was there after Dune, but looking at this, like I just talked about with Sony and how crowded the upcoming release schedule is. It's hard to imagine this, a deal like this ever existing again. Aaron, sorry. Oh no, I just I, I don't I don't see a path where there's five. We we're, we're, like we're, next year, once whenever the strike gets resolved, whenever we end up there, the whole of the lot of this is going to change. I mm -hmm. think the availability of the IMAX screens is going to change. I think how long things take to go to streaming is going to change. We are in for just a, a brave new world of possibility as far as movie releases go. I, what I don't understand is is th there's nothing huge coming out in between now and like Dune 2, right? What besides like Expendables 4? <laughs> Wait, what? Um, Killers of the Flower Moon is the other one that I know people but have said like it's Apple? gonna get an IMAX. Well, no, it's gonna be in theatrical, like it's gonna get a oh. limited and like Napoleon, like there's there's definitely stuff for like the Oppenheimer crowd. I in terms of like blockbuster stuff, it really is in my memory, like Blue Beetle and then everything that's happening in like October, November. So hmm. And the Meg 2 this Friday, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's true. Big time, big time. That's true. Yeah, no, I mean, but here's the thing. Warner Brothers has no, it's not Warner Brothers' problem. It's not their responsibility to it's move not. their movie up three weeks and change their marketing and change yeah. everything that's ever existed. Disney is the one coming second. They have that November 11th date. I don't expect Warner Brothers to be like, hey, man, we'll do you all a favor. We'll move up three weeks so you guys can get those screens. No. That's not going to happen. That's not, and they shouldn't have to do that. Granted, yeah. Doom if was they, 
if Disney buys TCM and goes, if we buy TCM, will you move up three weeks? Then do some weird Oswald the Rabbit trade stuff. Maybe that's what you need to do. I will also say, like, again, who knows what's going to happen in a week, two weeks, whatever, because the argument I've also seen with Dune is that, like, if that cast cannot promote that movie because of the strike, then that might also have, like, kind of the Craven problem. So who knows what's going to get delayed and not get delayed? We, like, we're in uncharted territory here. And that's the question Warner Brothers has to ask themselves. They need the star power to market that movie. Absolutely. You need Timotei. You need... Zendaya, you need Rebecca Ferguson, Dave Bautista, everybody who's the Josh Brolin. That cast is stacked. And that yes, people are going to go see that movie regardless of what the stars are saying about it, but more people will go see it if the stars are saying anything about it. So it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What a time to be alive. Oh, Movies boy. are so back that we can't even <laughs> release them. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of things that are going to release at some point, but we do not know. (laughs) (laughs) Avengers The Kang Dynasty and Avengers Secret Wars have working titles. Um, Apparently, Apple Pie 1 and Apple Pie 2 um, are your working titles for these two movies. I I guess it's not that strange because they're still definitely doing production work on them behind the scenes, even though you can't film anything, even though there's no writing going on. You're still absolutely developing concepts and stuff like that. But it is funny to get these little drips and drabs of like, yes, here's the development working title for this movie that's probably at this point not going to come out until like 2026 because of now you're really behind eight ball. Like with the strike and everything, that's not happening by 25. That would be that would be amazing. Like I'm not going to do one of those dumb Internet bets where I'm like, I will eat my shoe on camera if Kang Dynasty comes out in 2025, but I wouldn't be betting on it. Man, that just means Shang Chi Two is not coming out till twenty thirty four. That's real. <laughs> By uh, the strike, oh well. <laughs> I'm, I'm just like, if there's pre production work going on on Secret Wars and we still don't know who the director is, like I know that's not unheard of, but that is very weird to me. Of like, do they have a director and they just can't say who it is, or are they just like making concept art and everything else before they even get a director in the chair? The- the Sandio Comic Con that never was when yeah. we looked at in a couple of years. I'm like, wow, how nice would it have been to have the big presentation? Because that, while not likely, could have been a thing. Like, there's so many things that could have been a thing. You could have had Simu roll out there and give you Shark Chi 2s on the timeline in between Kang Dynasty Secret Wars, Brandon. That could have happened, you know? Y'all, do you understand how much more optimistic I'd be about the future if that, <laughs> just that would happen? Just that one. Uh, yeah, I, I, I hope D23 and San Diego Comic-Con next year have some awesome stuff for us. Uh, I'll say this, though. as I, I know I, I have been open about my kind of criticisms and skepticisms about some of the ways the MCU has handled Phase 4 in the beginning of Phase 5 and the announcements about the future and the lack of clarity and direction it seems like we have and connectivity. Hearing that the Avengers movies are getting working titles gets me right back in it. I get super excited. They're like thinking about all these people going to work together and the story coming together. I'm like, you know what? I, I, I have my, I have my doubts. I have my moments, my problems, but I still love this franchise. I still get hyped to think about these big, big events. So hopefully that, you know, we can hopefully phase five can keep pointing us in the direction of how these are going to come together. Uh, but man, I, Oh, hmm, the thought of Avengers movies filming, <sighs> please, please. end the strike. <laughs> hey, people, make it, make it work. And make these films so we can see some set photos of everybody together and get Shang-Chi too. (laughs) 
Jamie. Or no, wait, you you have you Aaron, you still have another. Oh, I do. I thought she I thought she had something to say. That's why. Oh no, I think I I don't. I think the apple (laughs) pie is a funny uh, code name, and I can make jokes about that, but I won't. Um, because this is a family friendly podcast. All right, well, moving on. Adam Driver, family friendly. Uh, reportedly passed on Fantastic Four. Uh, Jeff Snyder of is it the is it the hot mic? I mean, that's one of the shows he does, but he, yeah. he's also above the line. Above the line. Okay. He says that Driver apparently read the script and did not connect with the character. Um, so that's that's interesting. We have reported on so many of these things <laughs> that I no longer have an opinion this way or the next. It could have literally been they sent him a script and he said no, and we all just heard it's going, it's going to happen, dude. Like, I don't know. How does everybody feel? I I don't envy the casting directors and anyone involved with this movie because it is this thing of like, it's not like you can just cast one person, lock them in. And then like, I don't know if one person falls out of the four, then you kind of have to re like, you have to reconfigure the chemistry and the dynamics between the rest of them. So I, I eagerly await like five, 10, 15 years from now when we hear about every person who auditioned and every combination that was tried before we ultimately got to one. But I don't know. It also might be a thing with the strike of once we get out of the strike, inevitably people are going to be a little bit choosier with the projects that they want to do. Like Adam Driver might not have wanted to immediately if the strike is over by the time Fantastic Four is supposed to start filming, that might not want to be his first project. So I don't know. We're just still stuck in this purgatory. (laughs) We were all surprised Adam Driver was even considering this in the first place after the Star Wars experience. So this, I, I think he'd have to really, really like the character, the role and the money and everything involved to take on a franchise that's going to be, you know, an expectation of 10 or so years of playing the part. So I'm not surprised by this at all. I'm really starting to think that like, it's taking so long even before the strike because everyone in Hollywood's turning this movie down. Yeah. I really think that like act actors are calling up their, their Marvel pals, the hundreds of Marvel stars. And I'm like, should I take it? And I bet you they're like, you know what? No, don't do it. It's <laughs> a long commitment. Yeah. Like, I really feel like, Although in the case of Adam Driver, I'm uh, like you said, I I really don't think he had any interest in joining another franchise. I'm still shocked that Oscar Isaac did Moon Knight. Like he's mm-hmm. amazing in Moon Knight. I'm glad he did, but it's like I don't know these actors going from Star Wars to Marvel when they're also like Adam Driver's an Oscar nominee. Like he he clearly likes doing this like l- l- smaller weird stuff. Like I would have been truly shocked if he went from Star Wars to Marvel. Yeah, I think you make a good point, though. I do think there was a time where getting offered a role in the MCU, nobody would say no to the MCU. And now I think it might be a little bit different. I think people see how much work it is, how much of a commitment it is. And I think it's not necessarily the juggernaut that it once was. Yes, the audience is still there. By the way, also, I I, I uh, put together a script for video and filming for the Phase Zero channel on YouTube, kind of analyzing what's going on with the MCU and whether or not it's impacting audiences and while i can't speak to disney plus numbers it seems that it is given that secret invasion is being released on hulu the box office for the infinity saga for all of the films if you don't include avengers movies is 779 million dollars on average with all of the films the box office for the multiverse saga on average is 776 million dollars Wow. And that includes Black Widow, which was also on Disney Plus. So the audience, people are still going to watch these movies. Now, if you include the Avengers movies, it balloons up to $980 million. But I don't think like that doesn't feel like an accurate comparison if you include the event films that include every single hero. Obviously, that's a huge difference, but 
it is interesting to see that people are not hopping on these casting opportunities as quickly as it seems they once would have. Uh, but the audience is still there for sure, but it's definitely different now. It feels different at least. Mm-hmm. It's all, it's all good. He's not even the Star Wars person that should be playing a bunch of variants of each other to based on last weekend. Like <laughs> that seems like a it seems like a solid thing for those of you who've seen Nick Clone Tyrone. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like when you put up the numbers, I was like, wow. Like yeah. even though I like believed that, I was like, holy crap, it's way closer than even I would have expected. So I'm like, what are we all yelling about then? It's, you're <laughs> it's literally- largely thanks to Spider-Man No Way Home. Okay. Blowing up the box office. But I mean, some of these, some like, and bl- but you, you factor that in, a lot of them are a little bit lower, like Eternals and Shang-Chi and Ant-Man, Ant-Man especially should underperformed. Uh, but you, you factor in Black Widow didn't even make four hundred million dollars worldwide at the box office. I don't know how much it made on Disney Plus. Enough that Scarlett Johansson was pissed about not getting paid for it. So it's clearly people are still going. People are still going to watch these movies. It's interesting. Oof, well, save that the rest of that for when we get to the thing after the news stories. Yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah. Go on, Jamie. Yeah. Let's yeah. Just last one real quick because we are uh, we're we're pretty deep into the time here. Okay. Yeah, well, sp- uh, speaking of uh, new cast members, uh, Emma Corrin uh, is going to be in Deadpool 3. They're best known for, they played the young version of uh, Princess Diana on The the Crown, and they are amazing in that role. Uh, but they talked about Deadpool 3 to Empire. Um, they said, hands up, I'm not a Marvel person. I've watched Spider-Man and Black Panther. I was like, look, you're going to have to debrief me into this. It's such an intricate world. There's so much to it. It's an absolute mind <laughs> uh, and all the language and the Easter eggs and the person is related to the person who did this and this person came back and this person's dead. It's amazing. Um, and they also confirmed to be excited to be playing a villain. So that's cool. I bet you they're going to really rock as a villain. Um, this is funny to me because it's like all these things are mentioning have nothing to do with Venom. <laughs> like they clearly don't know anything about any of this because they actually have to do basically zero research to be in Venom. And I think that's hilarious. Uh, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for them. What do you guys thing i was gonna say the same thing about like the deadpool 3 of it all of like especially now that we know jennifer garner's in it and everything like even the extra canon of the fox verse being folded in i can understand how that would be very confusing if you aren't super familiar with it but yeah i am very excited to see whoever they end up playing in this movie i just want to inject deadpool 3 into my veins i wish more people could talk about it right now (laughs) that's all i gotta say about that anybody else want to talk about All right, we're going to take a quick one-minute break. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, the craziness that is the fallout of Secret Invasion, uh, the things the director is saying, and the things the director is saying by not saying things. So uh, we'll see you in just a minute. back to phase zero now is the part of the show that if you haven't watched secret invasion you're going to want to pop off for now i was i was i was capturing a little story so i could promote this on instagram later and show people what it looks like in the studio sorry if you're watching live you're like why is he waving his phone around secret invasion is coming gone we shared our thoughts in last week's episode we have more thoughts i think i think aaron and i disagree because i saw aaron saying people are overreacting on twitter aaron excuse me i could never have an overreaction i would never do that no, no, no. I'm talking talking about you in specific. It's it's a large amount of people. Like I was reading our comments while the two tick countdowns were going and they were joking around about how they've muted the word roadie on Twitter. And I'm like, that is the way. Yeah. Oof. 
<laughs> I, also, um, I didn't. I was. I was just joking and raising my voice. I hope the the overreaction <laughs> joke came through. <laughs> I would like to say that I did not have time to do my one sitting binge of Secret Invasion uh, mm. because the only way I could have done it is if I would have broken it up and that would have defeated the purpose. I'm going to try again this week. Um, but uh, I do. Uh, I'm so glad I'm not looking at Twitter anymore. I've, <laughs> I, I didn't know this was a thing until Aaron texted me about it. So, but I have my own opinions too. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. I, the more I've thought about this roadie twist, Spoilers, here we go. The more I've thought about the roadie twist, the more I have hated it. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Not only because of the fact that it happened and it makes me feel like it cheats roadie out of the Nebula moments, the Tony Stark moments, the Sam Wilson moments, the Steve Rogers moments, which weren't even nearly as important, but because of the just pile of shit way it was delivered in, in, in that there's not even a pile. Like there's just no delivery to it, which makes me so angry. Now that said, I've accepted the fact that I could end up eating my own words here if Armor Wars and the Marvels does anything to make this make sense. In the Secret Evasion comics, Scrolls were posing as Avengers and humans during key, key moments. And it is explained how that happens. And it shows you how good the Scrolls are at blending in. The MCU hasn't done that. The MCU has just been like, here's a twist, accept it. It changes everything, like it or not. Twitter hates it. Twitter's <laughs> mad about it. I'm mad about it. What did Layla say? I just want to know like, if he knows his fresh best friends are which, dead. That I'm is like, such a valid point. Like, if Rhodey yeah. has been off of the board since Civil War, he doesn't even know what Thanos is. He doesn't know, like, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, all of it is just completely over his head. I will say the thing that I tweeted, because I am somehow still stuck on the hell side of Twitter, which is, I would hate this retcon and this twist a lot less if they tried to show anything with Rava being emotionally affected by supposedly spending all of this time with the Avengers. If that was somehow some Something that drove her to either have respect for her superheroes or hate the superheroes and like that influenced her character i would thoroughly enjoy this twist because that is the kind of retcon that you can like reverse engineer into making sense they made her so nonplussed about being around the avengers for five years watching tony stark die in front of her she supposedly has no emotional attachment to that at all and that really frustrates me because that had the potential to be a really interesting story beat well guess what now she's dead so we won't get that i know <laughs> I hate what's, it. What's bothering me really about this is like if if okay we've decided since Civil War because of the hospital gown even though it'd be more fun if we didn't know that's oh such a cop out but <laughs> my thing that's really bothering me about this more than anything is that. There is no way back at Civil War, somebody said to John Cheadle, you're a scroll now. Yeah. That's what's mm-hmm. bothering me is that he, there's no way he knew. And if and if I'm wrong, I will take it back and I will apologize and I will say I'm sorry. But I think that it's unfair to him as an actor that he did all those performances and now they're saying he was a different character. Oh, I just think it's like, it's, it's a retcon that's just not working for me behind the scenes. I also think um, that... Like you said, like now she's dead. There's just so much about it that is, uh, I, I want to, I, I think it's a cool idea that they just didn't think through at all. My one silver lining is 
I really love Rhodey and, and Nebula's stuff. And I have said this a million times that like I started to ship them. And I like that now it's kind of a queer ship. <laughs> That's my one silver lining. I will say to your point about Don Cheadle, like a couple, once the first, the twist was first revealed, there were a couple tweets that he liked on Twitter that were not as like, you know, positive about the twist. So I think we might know how he feels about it. Cause it, I okay. imagine it would be frustrating as an actor to suddenly be told that the way you were playing something is now completely different and you had no idea no. i'm pissed at the collector i got that roadie end game hot toys figure it's a scroll, <laughs> a scroll. <laughs> you need to buy like a scroll head to put on top of it just to really like sell the point home yeah no i don't I, think they do this the same way they didn't know that earth was going to be a womb for gods that's supposed to explode one day when they started the mcu i think the revisionist history that we're doing in phase four is not really working in a lot of ways and it's like some of it is nick fury Five now. Let's yeah. let's not blame oh, yeah. Secret Invasion <laughs> on Phase Four. Thank oh, you. Are, no, yeah. you're, right, you're right. There was just no punctuation point on Phase Four, so I forget that it ended. So <laughs> I just like the, Nick Fury having a wife all along. That works. A dude keeps secrets, so I can accept that. That's an acceptable thing. That like there are parts of everything before it that make that acceptable. Some of the other stuff we're seeing, like Rhodey being a skull. Well, it don't work for me. Aaron, I, yeah. I wrote up a thing for the site where I laid out every interview, almost every interview Don Cheadle's given in the last three years. And when I tell you that he was not being subtle about him knowing he was a scroll for at least three, he lied right to Brandon Davis's face <laughs> at D23 last year with Jamie attended. Like he absolutely <laughs> lied straight to Brandon's face and I've written all of it up. He Wait, what did he for at least the last three years. He obviously for three years. I don't know about in game, I don't know about Infinity War. I don't know about that, but I know that post in game, it sounds like he knew, and I but think that's that different. it's in his yeah. performance for Falcon and Soldier. I think that it's in there. Okay, Not that's one scene though. Yeah, I know, but we're all wondering why the hell is he in the show? Like, mm -hmm. why is he here? Right? And the answer is, Ao, the scrolls did not want you know, Jock Jam's boy to be Captain America so that he would be there to protect the president if they invaded. I think that's for that. I can't speak to the rest of it. I also think it's very funny because if I went through everybody's Twitter feeds or social media feeds and searched the word roadie, the most y'all have talked about him is the last week. There's no, I, for 80% of people, I'm not talking about Tumblr, where they, where they <laughs> ship him to Tony. I know what Jenna's gonna do. I know, I've seen your movies. I know what you're gonna do. I'm talking about for the average Marvel fan, I'd be willing to bet money that the most they've talked about Rhodey in the last three yeah. or four years yeah. is this week. I don't oh, think they were talking really? about during Civil War. I think no. that maybe if Twitter was around for Iron Man, so I think it was, I don't know. But like, it's it's a very it's a very easy conduit to complain about other stuff they're upset about, which is there's no Avengers movie. And <laughs> the thing wasn't a big crossover thing when they called it a crossover series. We can talk about the duplicity of calling it that in the marketing and stuff, but I it wouldn't have been called Secret Invasion as the show. No. Like, oh, this thing's fault. I think y'all just frustrated with other stuff. Like, I don't know. I I make the joke all the time. They've been pump faking. For two years now, and every time throw a pump back, bam, woo, sail right across it. Kevin Feige goes, ha ha ha, another 600 million, 700 million dollars at the box office. 
I think you're going to get answers. It just hasn't happened on everybody's timeline. They're upset. I don't I don't know. Well, the timeline is we had only six episodes of Secret Invasion, which didn't even end up resembling the comics in any way. The closest thing to an Avengers level threat was a bunch was Drax's arm being attached <laughs> to Amelia Clark. That's like the true. finale, like I, I, the more I talk about it, the less I like it. I like Secret Invasion overall, especially from I, I, especially in the beginning. It seems so promising. And then I feel like it really lost its way. Uh, I also would like to say, y'all are on probation for the majority of MCU <laughs> fans about I want a mature thing. I, yeah. I, you're all on probation. I don't believe none of y'all. I'm, I kind of believe Brandon still because he's my mean? friend because I know him and I think his mustache is luxurious and his hair looks nice. Oh. <laughs> but the rest of y'all, I don't, I'm not <laughs> trusting anything Why that did... comes out of y'all mouths for the next year and a half. What like, I loved why? about the show was the maturity and the dialogue mm-hmm. between the not roadie that I thought was roadie, or it seems so obvious that it wasn't roadie that I was like, it has to be, and Nick Fury and Nick Fury and his wife. The maturity of this show is the stuff I like the most. The violence of this show is the stuff I like the most. And the violence, actually, I want to point out, shows that there's a plot hole. Everybody's calling a plot hole, which is not, in fact, a plot hole at all. Everybody's saying roadie was bleeding red in Endgame. I have to defend this one. Squirrels bleed red until they die or until the blood like changes. When Olivia Coleman's Sonia Fallsworth cut the finger off in the interrogation scene, it was red. And then Rhodey bleeding red in Endgame makes sense. But also, it contradicts itself because when when Squirrel Rhodey got shot in the head, all that blood was purple. So I don't really know if they even know what's going on. And that's the kind of stuff that I don't like. But that's the kind of stuff that I'm sure they'll change on Disney+, Plus, just like they changed the color of the Statue of Liberty in Ms. Marvel after it was not the same color as Spider-Man No Way Home. I would that's what I was going to say I feel like at the end of the day it's like it's the fact that they don't know like they're making these decisions but they're not planning out the actual like optics and repercussions of making those kinds of decisions I've also seen people joke and like I would buy this if we retcon the retcon because nowhere in the text of the show does it say he was taken during civil war if we just make it where it's like post endgame he was at a doctor's appointment and he got taken after that like if that has to be end up being the reality because people don't like this so be it but in the meantime we're going to have multiple years of people just not liking this at all I don't like, listen, I think if that show was called Fury Revengeance, yep. no one would be as Secret upset. Warriors yeah, or something. Or whatever. Secret Invasion should have been the Avengers event film at the end of Phase 4. They should have built to this all together, and it should have just been a movie if this was the amount of depth you were going to give to the story in general. I think that seeding this along the way, this could have been the cap to Phase 4 that could have sent us into like the next stage. Scrolls in this storyline doesn't really seem like it has a place in this multiverse story that's supposed to be the main thing driving it forward. There is no central story to the MCU right now. There's a lot of interesting stories going on, but they contradict each other and they don't really complement each other. And that's a problem. This could have been phase four. And it could have we could have just ended phase four now with an Avengers movie and actually got the people together and spread the stuff out enough that you have the, the actors and the cast available to do this production after all the other movies are already done filming. I think they filmed too many things at once. So you couldn't have Shang-Chi and and Yelena and everybody else filming an Avengers movie while also filming everything they had to film. I don't know. I, I, I like Secret Invasion as a whole. I enjoyed it more than I didn't, but I have some huge problems with it at, in terms of what they did for the MCU. I mean, listen, it's going to be near the bottom because there ain't yeah. nothing else that came out this year. <laughs> also, like, it's probably going to be near the bottom because what else are we going to get? Uh, um, let's just say Secret Invasion is way better than Quantumania. Uh, leaps but and that's bounds. why it's near the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, I said near <laughs> the bottom. I, also, I don't know. I don't, like, listen, I, I enjoy Keg. I know that that's weird. I know that that's a weird opinion to be on right now, but I, I didn't have no problem with it. That the, a lot of this stuff, I just I want y'all to go like plant vegetables and like go outside Touch grass. and take take walks and stuff with your families. Why are right. you this all worked up? I don't let's get think, it. 
Let's take some walks with the director here. Elise Salim did a press day. I got to interview him. A lot of other outlets interview him. Interviewed uh, Elise Salim, and it, it. So I asked him about the roadie twist, uh, and he basically reinforced everything we all gathered from him being in the hospital gown. This was the quote: "A lot of people have asked about definitively when did roadie." I think his legs not working in the end of episode six and him being in the hospital gown points to, and I put in brackets, Captain America Civil War, because what he said was points to Civil Wars. And I was like, man, you don't even, like, that's not, it's, it's not plural. That's not the name of the movie. I was like, what's going on here? I don't know. And, and with how him saying, with how many decisions he says, like, I didn't read the comic. I told everybody not to read the comic. I was told not to read the comic. Uh, I think things like he says he doesn't know why they killed off Talos. He just did his job as a director and tried to make it sad. Uh, maybe Talos could come back. He doesn't even know. He doesn't know why there's not a post credit scene. Uh, he thinks that post credit scenes are aimed to like launch another project. And he doesn't know why that wasn't in the project. Uh, he is afraid he's going to get death threats for the war machine twist. That's an unrelated thing. Uh, but I, it's, it's weird that he's going out there admitting there's so many things he doesn't know. And it, it, it's frustrating when you have these kind of criticisms of a project, especially it's ending in the lack of just the things we wanted it to do, the, the storytelling, the conclusiveness in terms of what it even set out to do in those first two episodes. Just this, this constant, I don't know, that's not my decision. It makes it feel like, well, who was running the show here? What happened? But overall, again, I liked the show. I especially like the potential for the show in the beginning, but ultimately I... I'm so with BD. Like, I don't think we've ever agreed so hard in a show because I really like this show too, up until a point. I just think this, I just have some major issues. <laughs> I, I just, I read an interview with IndieWire where he talked to them too. And he said that all Feige told them to do was make sure Sam, make sure Sam goes back up for the Marvels and then make sure Rhodey can't walk when y'all find him wherever it is. So I don't know why uh, the two things well, seems that- like. Problem with these MCU shows, mm-hmm. it's make sure Sam goes back up for the yeah. Marvel status quo. Yeah, make sure everything is basically status quo, and people can watch the movie without watching the show. Wandavision oh. had consequences, and it actually was so disregarded in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Loki had consequences, and if you knew that, you were most mildly rewarded in Spider Man No Way Home and Doctor Strange. Everything else that you don't, we haven't had to watch the shows. Miss Marvel going into the Marvels is going to be a big one. Secret Evasion doesn't just make sure he goes back to space. We're not going to say a word about what he's doing in space. Or we actually might say a couple words, but they're not going to be that important. At least they're not going to give you much clarity. Just send him up to space. We'll explain it in the movie. What? Come on. I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm getting mad. Like I know, I know. I want this to be good, and I want to like feel like these things are connected and intentional. But when your director comes out and is continuously just saying, "I don't know, I don't know, I don't know," it's just like, "What are we doing?" I, I feel like that production designer in the episode of the Idol where the weekend get, you starts yelling at him. If you've seen the clip on social media, you know you'd be forgiven not seeing it. It's bad. Um, <laughs> I I don't. I, I mean, they're going to be scrolls in Secret Invasion. They're supposed to be that weird peace treaty talks that I'm sure mm-hmm. that Zawi Ashton is going to blow up with her hammer. I'm sure. I'm like, oh no, that, <laughs> the poor scrolls. They're like, you can't go down to Earth because you're going to get hunted to within an inch of your life, and you're not going to make it out of this confrontation with the Kree either. It's it's kind of weird. It's a weird time. I think one of the things that really I th- I said this last week, so I don't want to repeat myself too much. 
one of those episodes literally just should have been the scroll flashback mm -hmm. with yeah. with uh the scroll that was roadie that's all that that would have fixed so much like i think that uh -huh. alleviates yeah. so much I'm, of the anger yeah but I'm they really don't know how writers yeah. didn't think of that. They couldn't but, do that because they couldn't get Chris Evans and they couldn't get Robert Downey Jr. Um, and they, like, how do you, you like, could, you you could film a I was about to be yeah. like, come on now. Angel what? Manuel Soto shoot that on an iPhone. Figure it out. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. I will also say off of that, there's one meme that I saw that has lived rent free in my head ever since the finale. And it is the scene when they go to Thanos's planet and choke him out. And it like right before the five years later, it's like you, there's like thought bubbles for both Carol and Brody of like, huh, I should tell Talos that there is an inhabitable planet that the Skrulls could go on to and then it's roadie being like huh i should tell gravic the same exact thing so it's like there's this retcon has so many weird repercussions that like that could have solved the entirety of secret invasion if they had just taken people to the planet that thanos went to so they're causing more headaches than they are solving by doing this and that just drives me crazy i just want to say that i my hope like because i still have hope i'm not like it's over we've ruined it like this is, it's like we're we're we, you know it's our job to get mad about these things like that's literally why we're here um but i feel like i i'm still really excited for armor wars and i think there needs to be a long opening where we do get these flashes um and then it ends with roadie getting woken up and then bam title drop and then we're in it I think that like that's how we save this is start it with that and then let's just go 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 let's get ready let's get um, my boy hammer in there please <laughs> there we go I was waiting for that <laughs> one hundred percent get us more if not only out of curiosity but I think it is more than that but excited for Armor Wars so yeah. I guess he, he got a lot to catch up on yeah. he needs one of the the notebooks from Steve. <laughs> He got a lot to carry. He got like a whole decade and a half of stuff that's what happened. What's sad is, you know that by the time we see him again, he's gonna have heard that his friend's dead. Yeah. And like, what a beautiful scene we could see. If like, if somebody telling him, but we're not gonna get that. No part of me thinks we are gonna see Rhodey find out that Tony is dead. Yeah. And that's well, like, people, and what a beautiful acting moment that would be for him, but. Agreed, agreed. I, I just, I, I, I ugh, it makes me mad already to think we might not get that. I don't think All we will. The people who were in that scroll hive, the humans who were the, their actual selves, what happened to them during the snap? Were, were people who were scroll captives? Okay, because this is also what frustrates me because they make it sound like Gravik didn't start his whole operation until after Endgame because it's like, oh, I was harvesting the DNA for Fury and then I broke bad from there. But yet we now have scrolls who were being impersonating humans as early as 2016. So like the logic does not line up here, which again, who is making these decisions? Who is paying attention? Because it doesn't seem like it's a lot of the people who should be. Wait, you, no, one more time. It just you feel... Because like there's a line in the last couple episodes of Gravik, basically, it, it almost sounds like Gravik like got the harvest for Nick Fury and then broke bad from there. Like they yeah. they make it sound like it's only been going on like a couple of years. But yet, how do we have that? But we also have had Rhodey being impersonated since 2016. So I don't know. Well, a lot of questions after Secret Invasion. Maybe that's what they wanted, but it feels like the MCU, the questions are piling up and the answers are not. Uh, and that's starting to get frustrating. That said, I feel like we're all on the same page. We just want this stuff to be good. We're all like, well, there's so much stuff to be excited about in the future. There's been a lot of things to really enjoy in the past two and a half years. Uh, and we just want things to keep getting better and better. So we'll see. Uh, all right. Any last words for today's show? Aaron Perrine. Uh, it's at Summit Lake Hornet on the sinking ship. 
that doesn't have a logo on the outside of it. Um, <laughs> Certainly doesn't I, have a logo on top of its building either. Does not, does not have that, does not have a brand identity anymore. Um, I guess I would say I did work really hard going through all those interviews. Go back and see Don Cheadle lie to Brandon. It's at the top of the, it's at the top <laughs> of the thing. And I feel bad. He shouldn't let you know, BD. You're supposed to be boys. What is that? Um, yeah, this was fun. Jenna? Um, it's at, hey, it's Jenna Lynn on whatever social media platforms do or don't exist. Uh, go read some comics as always. And I'm going to plug an article I wrote last week, which Jamie already DM'd me and was very happy about. I wrote about how Peacemaker season one arguably did a more effective secret invasion than secret invasion. So whether you agree or disagree, go check out that piece. Jamie? Oh boy. Um, I'm trying to TikTok more. So follow me on there. Just my name, Jamie Jirak. <laughs> Um, uh, posting some videos, trying to be like the, the hip young youths. Your videos are great. They're very good. <laughs> Thank That's you. Video so. really fantastic. Yeah. All right, y'all. And uh, next week is our Daredevil re rewatch podcast. Now we will still do MCU news, MCU news and everything, but go ahead and watch Ben Affleck's Daredevil movie. And we're going to talk about that in the week after it's Electra. So find a way to get your hands on a copy of Daredevil, find it on streaming or go to your video store or order it on Amazon, whatever works best for you. However, you can save some money and watch uh, watch this movie over the course of the next week. And we're watching Daredevil and we'll have a guest. It's going to be uh, my friend, Fantastic Frankie. If you don't follow her on social media, she's an awesome content creator, loves the Marvel Universe. And she's going to be joining us for that Daredevil uh, rewatch episode. Jamie, what's going on? I just have a question. Are we doing the director's cut of Daredevil? Yeah, I think well, I think that's the only copy I have. So okay, uh, director's cut. I just want to make sure. Director's yeah. cut. I will okay. also say, look at your local library, see if they have a copy you can borrow. There you go. Yeah, there you go. So next week, Daredevil, and we'll see you there. Thank you so much, everybody. If you want to talk more about Secret Invasion, hit us up at the Phase Zero account on whatever you want to call that platform at Phase Zero CB, and subscribe to our channel on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash/C/slash/PhaseZero. Leave us a five-star review and tell Jim Viscardi he belongs in jail. See you guys next week. Later. 